is going on in uh, National Predators country right now. And so uh, really excited to bring this podcast episode to you tonight. We hope everyone's having a good week so far on this Monday. And uh, we've, uh, we're like less than 48 hours away now from the expansion draft. We're about to find out who the Seattle Kraken is going to take from everyone. And there's just so much news going on around the league when it comes to uh, deals being made with Seattle. So we're going to get into some of that. But to open up tonight's episode, our opening face-off is going to be, of course, the Rob Wallace trade that just happened a couple days ago. That was just uh, crazy stuff uh, that I woke up My to Could not believe it. Did not see that coming. I know people were speculating about it. Uh, there were a lot of people out there saying, man, I would love to see if we could move Ryan Ellis, but I just don't see how it's possible. And here we are. David Poyle Actually, came I- out. I actually David thought Poyle it was a joke. Made a huge move. Yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't believe it either. At first, I was, I, was like, I, was, I was looking for one of those fake accounts, you know, that they do where they trick people. And absolutely. I, of course, you start seeing all the blue check marks next to all these accounts, verified accounts, and you're like, wow, this really happened. Yeah. So that's going to be our main topic of the night. But, of course, we're also going to have some uh, quick hitters to end the episode, talk about some other stuff's going on, including Shea Weber. And some unfortunate news going on with Shea Weber. So we're going to talk about that as well. So we got so much to get into for episode 57. And of course, this is the week where the Tokyo uh, Summer Olympics are going on as well. And of course, our sponsor is DraftKings. We are brought to you by DraftKings. And right now, I got to tell you, it's my favorite uh, betting uh, app. They do awesome stuff over there. It's a lot of fun to have the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And right now, uh, there's just a great deal for you to go on to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And 100 to 1 odds right now, if an American team in the Olympics brings home a medal. Seems like pretty good pretty good odds if you ask me. And uh, yeah. so uh, I don't know about you, Rich. That sounds pretty good, right? I mean, that's, I mean, that's a given. <laughs> that's I mean, a given, right? Me. And so, uh, yeah, so right now, Go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. If America wins a medal, that's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New users only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, we ask that you please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So that's where we're at on that. Again, I use the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and reliable. It's very easy to navigate the, the app. And so go get that code THPN on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I think if, right. you look, if you look hard enough on the DraftKings app, you might be able to bet on like two guys like pitching a frisbee in their backyard. Oh, I'm sure. There's there's I mean, something got for so everybody. much stuff. So much stuff. There's something for everybody for sure. Yeah. So uh 
Yeah, uh, we gotta so, we, we gotta say hey to Colin. Colin's not with us tonight. Yep. So we're 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 down a player again tonight. Uh, yep. Colin's getting his wisdom teeth taken out. Yeah. That's so true. I imagine that it's kind of hard to do a podcast uh, when your wisdom teeth are taken out. So uh, that's why he is not with us tonight. Hopefully but, his wife got some uh, got some good film of him saying something weird when he was yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I got I got my wisdom teeth taken out when I was uh, late in high school. I think I was senior year and. Apparently, I was very. Uh, apparently, I flirted with the front desk. Oh, wow. uh, female as I was leaving the office. So that's kind there of uh, my, that's my wisdom teeth story there. But uh, all right, let's let's start off with this Ryan Ellis stuff here. So Ryan Ellis gets traded for. It got it was a little complicated there at first. Yeah, it was. So of course, you got a uh, Philip Myers, the defenseman, a twenty-four-year-old defenseman from the Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers, and then temporarily, maybe the quickest Bird. Nashville Predator. Uh, stay ever was Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick. Uh, uh, we're we're going to raise a banner for him for sure. Yeah. Got to get a banner for Nolan Patrick. I hope he really enjoyed yeah. his time here. There were a lot of Thanks funny for jokes. The memories. Out there. <laughs> there were a lot of funny jokes out there. I think he actually beat Lucas Spies's record for a shortest time in a Nashville Predators uniform. He might have. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, Nolan Patrick temporarily comes through in the trade, but then Nolan Patrick goes to the Vegas Gold Knights and the Vegas Gold Knights send over. 22-year-old centerman, Cody Glass. And yeah. so that's what the Preds get out of it. I know there's a lot of people who are maybe a little underwhelmed by this return and thought that the Preds should have gotten a lot more for Ryan Ellis. And I can kind of see that part of it. But at the same time, this is just the strategy that a lot of us have been saying we want David Poyle to take, which is to bring on a more youthful roster, bring on something that we can build upon, build a new foundation, break away from this core that has failed us for the last four years in a row. No. Uh, so I don't understand the people that are criticizing this move. I mean, I know you love Ryan Ellis. And there's a lot of people who are loyal to him, but I just think this move uh, is, is a move that unfortunately had to happen. And I think in the long term, it could be really beneficial for the Predators. What are your initial thoughts on it, Rich? Yeah, I agree. First off, Mike Twitter's on here. Hey, Mike Twitter. He said, no, what's Patrick- up, Mike? Nolan Patrick's my new guy instead of Lucas Pisa. Hey, I, so hey, while, while Mike's on here, I got to give him a shout out too. So apparently, me and him are both fans of the same baseball team. We're both San Francisco Giants fans. Oh, there you so, go. So uh, salute to you, Mike Twitter, because I've been seeing some of your San Francisco Giants tweets lately, That's and awesome. you got you got a lot of knowledge about the Giants. I'm also a San Francisco Giants fan. Long story short was my Little League baseball team when I was a kid. That's why they're my favorite team oh, now. And so uh, I like – my Twitter puts out a lot of good San Francisco Giants tweets. So That's salute awesome. to you on that. Uh, so we got a fellow San Francisco Giants fan on the podcast right now. So, cool. uh, all right. So, yeah, again, yeah. give us your thoughts, Rich. On yeah, this, so uh, on um, obviously really upset just to lose Ryan Ellis. You know, everybody loves him. He's a fan favorite. But – you know, I think we talked about it on the podcast before when we played your game, the uh, lose one, keep one game. Oh, yeah. We all kind of agreed, like, if it came down to him or Matias Ekholm, that we'd all kind of want Ekholm. Um, I think David Poyle can do nothing right for anybody. To, to, to Everybody gets mad at him no matter what he does. Fans, you know, were, were upset when he didn't make any moves, and now he's making any moves, and people are upset because he didn't get rid yeah, of who they win. Yeah, he can't win no matter yeah, what. I, I think people are just I think people are so dug dug in the sand on this. They are they are firm in their belief that David Poyle needs to go. 
and that there's nothing he can do short shy of bringing a Stanley Cup here. Right. There, I don't think there's much he can do to ever fix yeah. the opinions, the negative opinions that the uh, that a lot of fans have when it comes yeah. to David Poyle. And I get it. He's yeah. been the only franchise's GM, the only GM for the franchise. And so <laughs> people are ready for a change. They're ready for a big change. They're ready for a new will- they're ready for a new front office philosophy. And so I yeah. understand all that. I get it, but you know, I'm sure that he shopped Ryan Ellis around to other to other teams. I'm sure he did his due diligence. He's probably been shopping a lot of the guys around that we don't even know about. And you know, he he shed some cap space. That's one good thing. Um, he got a bigger guy. Uh, Philippe Myers is like six five, two twenty, something like that. Ryan Ellis is like five ten, one eighty, something like that. So, um, you know. I, you hate to lose a, a player of his caliber, but something had to change, and and you know we're finally seeing those changes. So yeah, and the and the biggest thing I like about this trade is again it's the upside that mm-hmm. you can get out of both of these players. You know they they're hopefully going to be entering the peak of their careers in the next couple of years. Whereas Ryan Ellis, yes, I still think Ryan Ellis has some good good oh, years yeah. of hockey left in him. I'm not saying Ryan Ellis is done, but you're kind of swapping out for potential. Mm-hmm. And one of our fellow uh, contributors on Predlines, uh, Max Greenberg, who's been on the podcast before, he brought up that term potential. You're getting mm-hmm. potential here. Most notably for me, it's in Cody Glass. I'm really right. encouraged by what Cody Glass could maybe become mm-hmm. for this team. Maybe not. It's not going to be immediate. I don't think he's just going to make a huge splash right away. But I love that he's a centerman. I love that he's only 22. I love the fact that the talent is obviously there. He's a former sixth round or sixth overall pick in the 2017 draft. So obviously the guy's got a ton of potential oozing with potential. And so um, I think that um, I think initially he's probably going to be a bottom six player, but you, you, you get him in a new system and you, and hopefully he can get some development with uh, playing alongside some, some of the veterans we Mm all, we already have. And uh, who knows? He can end up becoming a, a top six center eventually. That that, and he you'll can. take that all day for Ryan Ellis if that's oh, what he ends up becoming. Absolutely. And then like Myers, he actually has some playoff experience. Um, he was, I think he he's played in sixteen of the games in 2019, 2020 when they were in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, he scored. He actually scored three goals in the playoffs. So. You know, yeah, he's but a let's big not guy. let's not get it twisted. He's not coming in here to bring us offense. He he's not. He's not. But that's he, he's a big he's body. Doing. He's going to play that physical brand of hockey that John Hines loves. And that's 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 a good thing. And that's what that's what he wants to do. And that's that's what he's going to put in place. So and you and you did a you actually did a write up on um uh, Philip yep. Myers. And so kind of talk, give us a rundown from that article on Predlines of of, of kind of what you saw out of Myers. Uh, if you if you have anything else to add to it that you have from I'm, your piece, just just that. Uh, the size aspect, you know, that's what Paul's wanting to do. Um, you know, he traded, like I said, we said, you know, Ryan Ellis wasn't a big guy. He was a, a good defenseman, obviously, one of the best. But, you know, I think Paul's moving them to, to where they're more uh, obviously wants to play a, a tougher game and that, you know, a 6-5 defenseman is definitely going to get that done for you. So, yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm happy with it. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't like Matias at home, like we said. So I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, I just, I just wish that people would see. You know, David Poole's done this for a long time, and he's, he's got a plan, and you know, he's, he's doing what he can to make this team better. And 
you know, he's ripping the Band-Aid off, and that's what needed to happen. It and that's what we've been, probably, we've been we've been saying yeah. that for a while, the whole ripping the Band-Aid off thing. That's kind of our yeah. uh, analogy to this whole thing is and it, it kind of stings a little bit, you know. Yeah. It, I think fans are, are also freaking out a little bit because we're still kind of fresh off the Victor Arvidsson trade. Yeah. And yeah. so mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's very few core players left from that Stanley Cup team. Yeah, it's been a tough you know, few weeks because we lost – we lost Arvidsson, and then, you know. And you're um, likely about to lose another player in the expansion draft on Wednesday that yeah. you care a lot about, which yeah. we're going to get into a little bit later in this episode when we talk about the protection yeah. list that the Upreds revealed. Yeah, we lost Arvidsson yeah, so and Rene. And then, change, and then change, scares, change scares a lot of people. A lot of fans, you know, it scares people. But I think for the, uh, for the, for the fans who really – understand the business side of hockey and they understand what's going on here. I think they're applauding the move. I think they're seeing it for what it is. I think they're understanding that we can't hold on to these players forever. You know, they've had plenty of time. Uh, I know I'm even seeing some, uh, some, some, some rumors out there that they think that the locker room is going to be a disaster and the locker room is becoming toxic again, because uh, Phil Forsberg is not going to be happy because he lost one of his you know, he's lost two of his really good friends and mm-hmm. I just don't buy into any of this. I really, I, re- I would really hope that these players are, are more professional and they see the bigger picture in this and, and they're not going to somehow demand to be traded out of Nashville because they're not happy because Ryan Ellis yeah. got traded or because Victor and, Arvison got traded. And you got to consider where you see that it's probably on Twitter. Like, yeah, I just, there's not, there's not very many people. I know there's, probably one or two people on Twitter that I would even trust when they say something like that. <laughs> they might say that about us for all we know. They, but, uh, they might. I mean, we don't know, obviously. But, uh, but, yeah. You know, all right. So I think let's kind of discuss from this trade, some of the impacts it made uh, other than just the trade itself on face value. I mean, it really, <clears throat> it, it frees up more cap space for David Poyle to um, be a little more, be a little aggressive in this free agency market. There are some things in play. If he wants to go out and I'm not going to go as far as Jack Eichel. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're not going to get me to go on that. Go yeah. on, go that, go on that. So. But he does have some money to play around with now to get creative. And if he, he's calling this a quote unquote competitive rebuild, competitive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Competitive rebuild, which honestly, I think that's playing with semantics here. Let's just call it what it is. It's a rebuild. Of course, it's a competitive rebuild. That in that what every rebuild is no team yeah. re, no teams rebuilding saying they don't want to be competitive so I really yeah. I think he's just I think he's just playing around with words there but if we're going to call it a competitive rebuild then perhaps David Poyle is going to competitively try to add another piece to this team with the money he's got got available and yeah. so I'm really I think we're in store for another big addition to this team. Oh, I think so too. I, I think, think he's gonna have. To, I think he's gonna have to make another addition because you're about to lose another forward, most likely. Exactly, and so you know, you've already, you've already lost Victor Arvidsson, and now yeah. you're gonna lose another forward. We'll get into that again in the next segment, talking about the projection list. But uh, so yeah. he's gonna have to go out there and spend some of this money he just freed up from the Ryan yeah. trade. Yeah, he's gonna have to pay. He's you know they also want to extend um, Forsberg and Matias Ekholm, and then he's gonna have to pay UC Soros. So, you know, he's saving up some money to get all that stuff taken care of. And then I know we're going to talk about it later, but there's always the potential of having to pay Shea Weber. Yep. That'll be, that'll be $5 That's million be- dollars in cap space. So. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to talk about that entire 
unfortunate situation to round out this episode. But um, all right. So another thing, it, it and it's going to take us into our next segment. And that is, I think that it also kind of shifted the protection list a little bit around once Ryan Ellis was traded because you bring Cody Glass in who didn't require protection. Yep. And it also brought in Myers who they very interestingly did protect. And of course you're going to protect him because you just traded for the guy. But uh, so the, so the predators ended up becoming the only (laughs) NHL team to protect five defensemen. When they and do that something, is, they do it right, that don't pretty, they? <laughs> that is pretty wild to think about because you're seeing most of these NHL teams go all in on protecting their forwards. You're seeing, you know, five, six, seven forwards be protected in some cases. Whereas the Preds, yeah. nope. They didn't see yeah. – this really sends a message for me from David Poyle that he does not hold high regard for his group of forwards outside of Forsberg, obviously. Yeah, but well, that, um, I just that kind of that kind of tells me he is going to probably try to get somebody, but he's also going to rely on like your Matthew Olivier's, your Ellie Tolvanen, Philip yes. Tomasino, possibly. You know, he's Tol- really Tolvanen, did, Tolvanen, thankfully, Tolvanen didn't require protection. Yeah, which is crazy because so, that that would have been that would that would that would have been a player you had to protect. But let's go over this yeah. protection list real quick. Let's go ahead and re- let's go ahead. I'm sure most of our diehard fans already know what it is, but let's go ahead and list it off here. Of course, Philip Forsberg was uh, protected. No surprise there. UC yep. Soros was protected. Wasn't a yep. surprise there at all. Ekholm was protected. No surprise there. Roman Yossi had the no-move clause, so he had to be protected and would have been even if he wasn't on a no-move right. no, no clause. So yeah, those four those four were very uh, set in stone and were no surprise yeah. at all. Yep. Then then it gets a little bit more, uh, yeah. a little bit more surprising. <laughs> I think Luke – uh, Luke Cunning was everyone expected him to be protected, and <coughs> wisely so they protected him because I, I think he would have been very enticing for Seattle. Because uh, once again, being left exposed, another young guy. He's young, yes, he's young as well, and he so. proved himself down the stretch last season. He, he was a, he was a very vital player to this team. Yeah, so he became a favorite of mine. I he absolutely deserves protection. So glad to yeah. see him on there, and then. We're going down the list. I'm kind of ranking this in terms of how surprised I was by it. Yeah. I'm getting more and more surprised when I see some of these players. Uh, Dante Fabro got protected. I wasn't sold. After I saw Ryan Ellis traded away and I saw uh, uh, Myers come in, mm-hmm. I wasn't exactly sure Fabro was going to get uh, protected, but he did. Yeah, it was kind of up in the air. I know we've talked about it before, but, you know, that's – Well, there was also all this talk about – Fabro wasn't used in the uh, playoffs. And so everyone was like, is he in the doghouse? What's going on here? Does he even have a future in Nashville? Well, yep. apparently he does. <laughs> so he got go. protected. And I'm happy about that. I've been, I'm very happy about that because I've been one of the biggest proponents of uh, Fabro and his uh, future. And I think that he's he still has a really uh, bright future, in my opinion. So, yeah. um, uh, and then let's see here. So then we got, then we got Alex Carrier who got protected. I thought that was a must. That was a must. I think they were in a yeah. tough position there to where they had to because, again, he played. He showed that he's ready for the NHL. Yeah. I see him with oh, Yossi next yes. year. Yes. Actually, as as Carrier continues to develop even more and just keep improving and gets even more comfortable on the NHL level, yep. Yossi and Carrier on the same pairing, I, I love like that. I do because too. Carrier's got some offensive flash to his game as well. <laughs> he does. So he's having, quick. He's so really having, quick those, having those two – that's another reason why I think Poyle uh, was kind of um, 
willing to trade someone like Ellis. I think yeah. that shows how I think that shows how confident he is in both Fabro and Carrier. Yeah. He was willing to part ways with Ellis like that. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with that. No surprise, not a big surprise that he was protected. Here is where here's the, one. It, here's the big one. And I think everyone knows who I'm about to say. Tanner Janot got protected. And I am not criticizing Janot. I know there's a no. ton of people out there who love them some Tanner Janot, and I am one of them. Yeah. But the fact that the fact that the Predators used one of their protection spots to protect a fourth liner who brings energy and grit, but really hasn't proven himself yet as a regular on the mm-hmm. NHL level. Wow. That is yeah. a huge surprise. I'm, yeah. Same here. Yeah, I agree. 100%. That's not who I would have picked, but you would have needed a crystal ball to see that coming because Absolutely. I didn't see anyone speculating about that out there. That took that us all, that took us all off guard. Yeah. And and here's here's the puzzling thing about protecting Jano. If you leave him exposed, I'm not so sure Seattle will take him anyway. I don't think so. That's Why where that that's where I'm baffled by this. I think he could have used that protection spot on someone else that you might very well lose now. Because yeah. I don't think Jano is gonna get I don't think he needed to be protected. I think he was coming back regardless. Yeah. So and, and if Seattle did take Jano because you didn't protect him, well then you just you know you you deal yeah. with it. It sucks. You don't want to lose a player like Jano, but yeah. you deal with it. I just it, I, I I can't get with Poyle on this one. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, this this isn't an original idea by me. I've seen this other people say this, but the people that he left unprotected, like Sissons and Yarncrock, and uh, who else is on here? Grimaldi. Grimaldi, not Andy so much. Shane, Ryan Johansson. Yeah, it makes me, and this wasn't like I said, this wasn't my idea, but it makes me think that he might be trying to get Seattle to take like Ryan Johansson and, and he it might could be happening. It could very well be happening. And Callie Yarncroft is a piece to, we could even see a leak come out. I mean, you're already seeing leaks coming out right now with certain yeah. things about how, what mm-hmm. Seattle's doing behind the scenes. You've got all your NHL insiders like uh, Pierre LeBron and Elliot mm-hmm. Friedman and all those guys. And, uh, and yeah. they're already starting to leak some stuff out there that's going on behind the scenes. Yep. And so, Makes me so think very, very, like yeah, that. very well they could be doing something right now to um, to yeah. maybe I don't I don't think it's going to be to Shane though because I don't know if you saw those comments uh, on one two five game today uh, the flagship station of the National Predators uh, David Poyle said <laughs> that Matt Duchesne is very much in their plans for next season. Yeah, he said we expect a lot out of him next season. But I think he said that for the past couple seasons, but hopefully you, this one will I be mean, different. He could very well just be playing chess here. He, he could very well be trying to throw other people off, and, you know, you yeah. just don't really know. And that's what yeah, that's what makes this so suspenseful here, you know. Yeah. And so, I would have uh, protected Callie Yarncroft. I was, about to just, my, I was actually about to ask you who you would have protected instead. Definitely Yarncroft. He's one of my it's, favorite guys. So we're, we're splitting off here. I would have protected Sissons. Yeah, I know, yeah. I, I, but it would have been what? a tough call for me. It would have been a tough call for me. But the reason why I would have protected Sissons is you cannot underestimate how important a player like Sissons is who yeah. gives you depth, gives you penalty killing, mm-hmm. can can contribute in the faceoff circle, can, can forecheck, can play smart. I know mm-hmm. he's never turned into the big goal scorer that a lot of people hoped he might become. But you just can't underestimate the value he has, and I'm I'm sticking firm on my belief that I think that the uh, Kraken are going to take Sissons. 
Yeah. Unless I, unless we make a deal with Seattle when it comes to Johansson yeah. or Duchesne, I think if it's just a normal selection for Seattle, I think they're taking Sissons. Yeah. I would take Yarncroft. I mean, I I just I, he's more consistent, I guess, and he's a he's a same kind of like do all player. Um, he he does everything. So and he's he's been really consistent the past few years. So. Um, but it's like if I was Seattle, looking, I'd probably pick him. But I don't. It's know. like I'm just looking over this protection list here, and I'm like, okay, let's go back to Jano here. If you take Jano off and you leave him unprotected, and we both think he wouldn't have been picked anyway, no. and you would have used it to protect either Sissons or Yarncroke, then you would have lost the other one that you oh, didn't absolutely. protect because you couldn't protect both of them. Yeah, if you look so, at who, we, if you look at who they didn't, those two guys. I mean, you've got Yakov Trenin. That's would be he'd be good, probably a good pick for them. But out of all the people, not including Duchesne and Johansson, Yarncroft and Sissons are the two top yeah. players. Well, I mean, that. look, so I'm seeing everyone's putting out their little mock expansion drafts here, and I always like to see. And these are coming from uh, people who don't follow the Preds, like like cover the yeah. Preds. These aren't Preds outlets here; these are yeah. outlets that cover other teams. But they're putting out these mock drafts, and I'm seeing the Preds select or the selection of the Preds all over the board. I've seen people predict really? Grimaldi. I've seen people predict Grimaldi. I've seen people predict um, Johansson, of course. I've seen – I've even seen someone predict that – and I think this is wrong, and I would love it if this happened. Someone actually I, – I don't even have them written down who it was. It was It was a verified account. They predicted Matt Benning to be taken oh. – Really? Seattle, I was like, what? Hmm. In what in what universe is that gonna happen? <clears throat> yeah, but, uh, I don't know. but either way, yeah, yeah that's so, crazy, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, all over the board though. So out of all those guys, hmm. I, I still see how that would happen. But, I wouldn't uh, even pick I wouldn't even pick Grimaldi. I hate to say that because I like I mean so they much, do but... have they do have to pick pick so many positional players. That's true. So it could happen if they already pick all the forwards that they want. That's true. Yeah. It could be possible that Seattle already sees other forwards that they like more. Yeah, they might. That's true. And then, you know, Nashville's not the only team that's dangling, like, big contract players out there either because, like, Vladimir Tarasenko is also from St. Louis. He's he's one that they're they're trying to get them to take him as well. So, he didn't – he wasn't protected. So, not just yep. not just the Nashville thing. So we should go ahead and let, let everyone know that Wednesday we are going to be recording live while the expansion draft is happening. Yes. So uh, we will fun. be uh, – you will get our very raw emotions on not only who the Preds lose, but also some of the other uh, craziness and drama that's going to be part of this expansion draft. So stay tuned for that this Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be televised on ESPN2. So uh, we will have it on in the background, and as it happens – and as the news comes out, that it's out there and everyone knows, because it's gonna it's gonna be instant reaction all over Twitter. Yeah. Um, we will give you give you our instant reaction as it happens, and so we plan on going live just before uh, the telecast goes live. And so stay yeah. tuned for that on this Wednesday. It should be That's a lot of fun. fun. And Colin yeah. will be back for us with that too. He'll be back yeah. for that. So uh, we'll ha- be happy to have him back by then. He might be puffy. but He might be a little puffy, but he ain't missing that one. He is not no. going to miss that one at all. No. And so there's where we have it. And so uh, give us your thoughts in the uh, group chat here on the stream chat uh, if you're uh, watching live right now. Let us know what you think about the Preds protection list. And uh, I got Rich over there scanning the comments. And so if we see anything good over there, 
Uh, Rich will share them on oh. our show right now. Well, Mike, Mike Twitter, he said he would keep Yarncroft as well. Okay. But says Here. it would suck. But says it would suck to lose either him or Sisson. So yes, agreed. Yeah, totally so agreed. we're kind of in yep. a spot where it's like you're going to have to lose someone that you probably care about most likely. So. Yeah. All right, so let's let's move Definitely. on from that. Again, this is episode 57 of the of Catfish on Ice, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. We're presented by DraftKings. So go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. In time for the uh, Tokyo Summer Olympics that are starting this week. 100 to 1 odds to win $100 in free site credits if a team, an Olympic team from America, from the United States of America, wins a medal. So you, you've got pretty good odds there, I would say. Definitely. And so go ahead and do that now. Get the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use our promo code THPN for all new users at sign up. Let's get into something that, again, goes way above hockey here and something that I just think is um, a really positive and great thing today. And that is. Um, Luke, uh, Luke Prokop, Prokop who uh, is a uh, prospect in the Pred system, and he became the first active NHL player ever to come out as being openly gay. And, um, you know, the important thing about this to pull from this is how it can affect other people who feel mm-hmm. feel like they're not included or feel like they're not welcome or maybe they're afraid that uh, mm-hmm. they're going to be rejected. And so they're, you know, they're living, maybe they're living a lie or maybe they're not living as their true self. And so I think that the best thing that I, I really like from this is he is coming out as someone who could be an ally to someone else who maybe right. is, a, is very nervous or are very afraid of being rejected, whether it's by family, by friends. And so they're, you know, they're, 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 they're hiding and they don't want to be their true self and that no one should ever feel that way. And yeah. so I really, I really, really salute uh, Luke Prokop for coming out and 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 putting himself out there. It it it's, it's um, it takes a lot of bravery and a lot of courage to do this. And so I have the utmost respect to him. He's definitely uh, got an ally in me. I don't want anyone to ever feel excluded for for their sexual orientation or for anything like that. And so um, uh, yeah. just kind of your thoughts on it, Rich. It was it was probably very very hard for him to to do that and you know kudos to him for even doing it and being brave enough to do it and what was cool is to see the the reception by the rest of the NHL because all the teams started even Gary Bettman came out even Gary Bettman came yep. out and put out a response on it yes yeah he did and then um, Sean Henry the Predators uh, president he released the statement saying full support obviously David Poyle did and then. Um, yeah, tons of teams. Even Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi came Romeo out and said something about it. Yep. Your, your team, yep. ca- and that's why he is such a good team captain. Oh, I know. That yeah, is what cap- that is yeah. what captains are made of, right there. Yeah. As a leader exactly. of the team in the locker room, he came out. And can you imagine how Luke feels seeing? Because he hasn't even made it to the NHL yet. No. Can you imagine? No. Can you imagine how inspire? How I don't know if inspiring is the right word, but how how much that can really strengthen him yeah, to see exactly. someone like to see someone on Roman Yossi's level come yeah. out there and support for him. So yep. bit, then on, on Instagram, I think it was, I, I think it was Philip Forsberg. He put something on there and said, uh, can't wait to see you in camp. Um, all the players that I follow on Instagram, you know, nothing but, but the good words, proud of you, you know, the whole thing. So it was good. It was good to see. Yeah. It's just, it's it, it, making him feel good. It, it, it's just a really, it's a really uh, historical uh, thing to happen. It is, and um, I, I'm just, I, I really love seeing um, all the positivity coming from the the Preds and in support of him. 
Um, that's that's yeah. that's huge. And so yeah. um, I do want to share some of his message here because he put out a pretty long, well-written, beautifully written mm-hmm. message. Yeah. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's pretty long, but I do want to uh, read part of it. Uh, he just started off by saying, uh, this is from Luke Prokop. Uh, he was, this was his actual uh, message he put out there. Hi, everyone. While the past year and a half has been crazy, it has also given me the chance to find my true self, and I am no longer scared to hide who I am. Today I am proud to publicly tell everyone that I am gay. He goes on to say, um, I wouldn't be able to do this without my amazing family, friends, and agents who have known this about me and met, met me with love and support every step of the way. I hope that in sharing who I am, I can help other people see that gay people are welcome in the hockey community as we work to make sure that hockey is truly for everyone. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the big part of his statement mm-hmm. that I saw. And um, it's not just about Luke. It's about others who yeah. don't have his platform yeah. who uh, can now maybe feel, um, get some bravery out of this, you know, like maybe they can feel like they can uh, come out and be who they are. And so yeah. that's what I get yeah. out of this. It's been, it's good for the NHL because they've notoriously been, you know, not really bad about on, it. On, on things like on that. A lot, so. On a lot of issues. On a lot of issues. On a lot of issues, but, but you know, but they've handled it. They've handled it really well today. I also yeah. saw that the NHL uh, is uh, donating a hundred thousand dollars to mm-hmm. some charities of Luke's choice. Yep. Or in partnership yep. with Luke, and so that's yep. awesome as well. Anytime you're helping charities, yep. That's that's what it. That's when it's way above hockey and wins and losses and yep. all that stuff. So we did not want to overlook that in our no. t- in tonight's episode. Cause that is some truly groundbreaking and awesome, th- awesome news there. So might, congratulations, c- congratulations to Luke yeah. Prokop for uh, coming out and, 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 and putting that out there for the world to see. Yeah. He might find his way on the admirals soon. He might. No, I think if he was drafted in 2017, you know, it's yeah, he should, he um, should be getting close. Yeah, for should sure. Be getting close. So, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah. All right. So Definitely. let's go. Let, let's go to uh, the last. Let's go to the last part of our episode again. This is uh, episode fifty-seven of Catfish on Ice with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe. We got Colin Bloom coming back for Wednesday's live expansion draft episode. So uh, we'll, we'll be happy to get him back on Wednesday. Yep. So you don't have to listen to just these two knuckleheads talk. You can actually, <laughs> exactly. you can actually listen to a third knucklehead as well. Yeah. And so, uh-huh. all right. So let's get some quick hitters to round out episode fifty-seven. And the first quick hitter we have for tonight is the Shea Weber situation, Ugh. which is um, – you want to talk about feeling powerless here as, as, the, as the Preds organization. Um, so the, 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 the main part of it, it's, it's pretty complicated stuff. Where, uh, you have to be pretty wise into uh, how the salary cap works and all that. But basically, if Shea, just to really uh, make it a very basic understanding, if Shea Weber is unable to play and has to retire – the NHL will get to do what they call a sal- salary recapture. Yep. And since the Predators were the team that uh, initially signed this long term, which was originally a 14 year contract, I believe, mm. they're still on the hook for a big chunk of this money over yep. the next five years if Shea Weber decides to retire. It's just short, short of $5 million per year yep. that the Preds would be on the hook for if. Shea Weber is unable to um, ever play again. And yeah. so I just want to share some stuff uh, that I uh, read from uh, – from I want to say it was from Sportsnet here. I've got it right here. Uh, basically just talking about – all right, first of all, <laughs> Shea, Weber, Shea Weber <laughs> has been playing with a lot of injuries for a long time. 
This is one of the ultimate Ironmen of the sport. The guy is is tough as nails. He really is. And so, you know, he's the type where I don't think he's going to be – I don't think he's just going to say, I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. I hope not. But it comes down to the doctors are having to look at him. They're looking at his quality of life past hockey. Yeah, exactly. That's when it it takes on a whole other level of concern here. They said his surgeries weren't to get him to be able to play hockey again. It was just so he would have a better quality of life once he does quit. That is hockey. that is some really scary that, stuff there. That's tough, yeah. So he you had like mess a, around with that. He had like a hand injury, and I know he had something wrong with his foot. That was, that's lingering because that happened last year or two years ago. And then I think ankle, not ankle, uh, knee. Was that it? Hand, yes. knee. Yeah, yeah. So. That's 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 tough, and and you never tell. You never tell. You watch him play. You can tell that he's hurt because he's you know he's one of the it's, toughest players in the so NHL. Where we're, where we're kind of at with this right now is, um, you're you're really hoping that the NHL is going to rule that Shea Weber can go into long term injury reserve because if that happens, then that's when the whole salary recapture thing does not happen. And with yeah. his, you know, you would think he's eligible for this. I don't see why he wouldn't be. You know, that's, no. that's what, that's, what's kind of confusing me here. Yeah. Tampa Bay uh, did it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, it, and also Montreal left Shea Weber unprotected, They did. which but, I mean, I don't think he's going to be taken necessarily, but I'm just saying they left him unprotected. Yeah. And so uh, that's just another crazy part about this, but yeah, you're, you're, you're bringing up the injuries here. Uh, left and left foot and ankle problems. Yep. Uh, he missed two weeks in it of injury in February of, tw- of 2020. Um, he had surgery to repair tendons in his in the area, so he is he is he's had an injured thumb this offseason. I mean, the guy is just and he plays that type of hockey. He does. So the guy plays with a ton of injuries all the time, yep. and so um, you're just really hoping that first of all we care about the person first. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we we can we can we can deal with the salary cap stuff on a whole different way, but you care yep. about the person first. You don't want his quality of life to be affected here. And so first things first, we hope this surgery goes well and goes smoothly. And then we can kind of uh, think about, okay, is he going to be able to get on long-term injury reserve? Can he, will he be able to play once again in the NHL? It won't be next season. They're saying he probably won't play at all next season. No. So it's really tricky stuff here. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, that that's kind of why we talked about it earlier. We think that Poyle's saving up some money for salary cap. Deal cause, with that because, like, I, I see it happening down the road eventually. I mean, um, you know, he how old is he? He's like thirty six, thirty seven, I believe. I believe he's thirty six. Thirty six. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that's getting up there in hockey age. So especially he, the way, he, especially the way he plays, especially with how he plays. So if it doesn't happen this year or even next year, the predators will probably more than likely. End up owing some money. Yeah. They're going to be paying for this. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's looking very likely that yeah. unfortunately they're going to have to, and they knew yeah. that when they signed the deal originally, mm-hmm. they knew yeah. the risk. Yeah. Um, and you know, hindsight's always 2020, but I think, I think at the time um, the Preds kind of had to do what they had to do. They had, yeah. they had, he was the superstar of the National Predators, even before Pekka Rene really ascended yeah. into being 
Shea Weber was kind of the first face of this franchise. Yeah, everybody like the, the, the elite superstar status. Shea Weber did it even before Pecorine reached that elite superstar level. Yeah. And so they locked, they got their superstar for that. It was a very long-term deal. They matched yeah. that offer sheet with uh, Philadelphia. That's kind of where this all came, came about. And at that time, and I want to give some credit to Mark Howard. I don't know if you know Mark Howard. He's locally, mm-hmm. he's a pretty, he's a look, he used to, he used to, uh, he used to uh, call Preds games oh. um, for uh, for Fox Sports South, uh, oh. and he's uh, used to also have a morning radio show here. He's been covering Nashville sports for decades, and he was on 102.5 The Game, I want to say, last week talking about this, and he brought up a really good point about how when they signed this deal for Shea Weber, if they would have lost Shea Weber at the time, that was during a time when the Preds were – there were still talks about them moving. Oh, right. That was so that, th- those were some tough. That was a tough stretch of hockey there for the Preds yeah. going on there. And if they would have lost a fan favorite elite superstar to Philadelphia, like Shea Weber was, mm-hmm. that could have been the last straw for a lot of people. Yeah, we and might so, not be sitting here. <laughs> Shea, much much like Pecorino is a big reason why the Preds stayed in Nashville. Shea Weber yeah. is right there in that same yeah. conversation. And fans so, uh, fans love Shea Weber so much they're mad right now. Some of them are because. They're going to give uh, Myers number six. So people are yeah. a little ticked off that they're giving. <laughs> Shea Weber doesn't <laughs> even play here anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I know. They're going to have to get over that one, though. Yeah, I agree. They're going to have to anyway. get over that one. Yeah. Real so. quick, I skipped over something uh, in the last segment talking about the protection list. We put out a poll uh, oh, yeah. talking, uh, asking our uh, listeners and followers um, which player they're most worried about losing in the expansion draft. And on a uh, on pools, you only get uh, four choices, and so you got Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, Dante Fabro, and Cal Yarnbrook were the four options I put on there. But I allowed for write-ins. Yeah. And so Cal Yarnbrook led the poll with forty-one percent there. Yep. So how do you feel about that? That's I agree one hundred percent. Like I, I really think that he's going to be who they pick, and that's going to be a sad day because I really like him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think those fears are very understood for Preds fans right now. Yeah, so 41% uh, Fabro got 32% Ryan Johansson. I had, I had to put Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne in there just because yeah. I know how people feel about them two players and yeah. Ryan, jo- not, not shocking at all that Ryan Johansson only got 15% and poor Matt Duchesne only got 12%. Oh, no. So now there's not a lot of people worried about losing Matt Duchesne right now. Yeah. So, uh, I've also got to share some of the responses here in the comments. We got a lot of responses from this poll. And um, uh, we, 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 there's some really funny responses here. Let me, let me, get, let me get to these because they're, they're hilarious. Uh, you, can never, uh, you can never discount what some of our uh, Preds fans can come up with. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we, everyone knows Landry Agnes. He's, uh, he's, yeah. been, he's been on the podcast plenty of times in our uh, stream chat. He put, can we add David Poyle to the list? <laughs> so, so here comes the David Poyle slander once again. It always shows up. He and, is a uh, noted, noted David Poyle. Uh, I, I, I did tell Landry we would put him in the write-in section here. So David Poyle, unfortunately, was not eligible for the expansion draft yeah. for Seattle to take him. And so yeah. uh, Michael Granlin's on there. Uh, uh, Tanya on Twitter said Michael Granlin. Um, so here's there is some confusion about, like, why teams don't protect uh, – unrestricted free agents and it's not because they can't be picked it's just that a most more than likely seattle's not going to pick a free agent who's got the freedom to sign wherever they want 
because right. you could because you could you you would essentially be wasting a pick if that player yes. doesn't want to sign with you. And so yeah. that's that's kind of the understanding of why uh, you're you don't have to protect your free agents. Yeah. They're actually so, I just saw something about um, they're talking about picking um, Chris Drieger from Florida. Yes. It's but they're that. negotiating. They're negotiating a, a pretty fat contract for him. Yes. So ahead of time, so that the you know he'll want to stay there. I think it's like I wrote something about him. I think he was making like seven hundred fifty thousand. That was what his. So if they make was. any if they make any deals for free agents right now, that counts as their pick. I guess so. Team. Yeah. Like you can't but, you can't you can't you can't take. A, I'm pretty sure you can't take a team a free agent from a team and then also pick another player from their team. I yeah, think I that counts think so. as their pick. So Yeah, I think that's – so it looks like that's going to be – he's going to be one of their goaltenders. So, Well, that'll be a good one for them to start yeah. off with. And they were going to uh, pay him like $3.5 million a year or something like that. So uh, Christian on Christian on Twitter uh, said, to be honest, none of these players uh, – <laughs> Jordan Jordan on Twitter said Colton Sissons, which is I'm, – I'm right there with Jordan on that one. It's Colton yep. Sissons for me. And, and then, of course, Eli Farmer, another Predlines contributor, said many of us are very worried about losing Sissons and Cal Yarncroke. We also mm-hmm. had some quote tweets here. Um, Boyd, who has a contributor for uh, Penalty Box Radio, uh, yep. Boyd's a really good follow on Twitter. Um, if you're more worried about losing a near 30-year-old Ford almost at the end of his contract over a 24-year-old defenseman, you're wrong. So I think he was referring <laughs> to uh, protecting Alex Carrier. There. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, house cats, uh, house cats on Twitter said Tanner Janot. Well, you don't have to worry about that now. Nope. Smashville pessimist. Uh, we know all about Smashville pessimist. It said none of these people shocker. <laughs> and then, uh, Ma- Max Greenberg, uh, our guy, Max Greenberg said, I can't lose Fabro for absolutely nothing. A bright young defenseman who's a former first round pick. I'd be shattered. Yep. So you don't have to worry about losing. This was before the protection list was revealed. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So Max Greenberg, you don't have to worry about losing Fabro because he's you're protected. Be all right. So your yep. your fears can be pushed to the side there. All right. So let's get into our last uh, couple quick hitters here. The preseason schedule was oh, yeah. announced, and I don't even care that preseason hockey is doesn't count. I still cannot wait for yeah. preseason hockey. I will be there. I want. I will go be to there. One. I will be there cheering, and I will be cheering like it's. Game one at the Stanley Cup final. Absolutely. I cannot wait for Preds hockey to come back. I don't care that expectations are low. I still want to see those. uh, I still want to see the guys in gold in person. It's been a whole year since I've seen Preds hockey Mm -hmm. in person. My last Preds game I went was actually on the road in Dallas right before everything shut down for COVID. It was er March. Oh, yeah. It was the first week of March 2020. We went down to Dallas and saw them play. And yeah, so uh, that's, the, was, that's, uh, that's the last time I saw the Preds live. So, so I went stuff. and saw um, – I went around Christmas before COVID to the Coyotes game that they won. Okay. So that, that's, that's been there a while go. too for it's that. It's been a while. So, so which so game which game would you want to go to? Yeah, so, so I'm looking at the preseason schedule yeah. here. They always play the Panthers. The Panthers are always yeah. part of their preseason. I think that's the one I would want to go to. And that's actually going to be at Florida both games. So unless you're planning oh, a trip, oh, never mind. unless you're unless you're planning a trip down to Florida, um, won't be able to oh. go to that one. No, oh, I read that wrong. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, so but it's Tampa Bay or Carolina. Hmm. Yeah, and hey, take. I mean, both of those would be interesting, right? Um, but yeah. I think I would. I think go ahead and sign me up for the game against Tampa Bay. I would like to see the the um, the Cup champs mm, um, come into Bridgestone here. And I, think um, I would rather go watch Carolina. <laughs> I mean, of course, you're going to see a lot of like fourth liners and a lot of prospects in those games. But um, 
you know, mm-hmm. still going to be a fun game to watch. And so, yeah, uh, yeah so uh, six game, six game slate starting on Sunday, September 26th. So start counting down the days that the Preds are back on the ice playing competitive hockey. Sunday, September 26th is when they open up the preseason against the Florida yep. Panthers. That will be a doubleheader uh, on Sunday, actually, not Saturday. Sunday, September 26th. So mark your calendars. We don't have it'll it'll fly by, I promise. It will. All right. Last quick hitter of the night before we wrap up episode 20 or uh, 57. I went back 30 episodes there, dang. Oh wow. Episode 57. That's been a while. Catfish, Catfish on Ice. And that is this talk about Seattle and how they're going for Carey Price. Oh, that's crazy. There, there's, <laughs> there, there's nothing is set in stone. No one's saying that the deal is going to definitely happen, but it's not off the table either. No. Did you see? So, Pierre, Pierre LeBron's been my go-to follow on this one. He's been all yeah, over yeah. it. He's of the athletic. I'm sure if you're a hockey fan at all, you're already following him. But um, he's been talking about this a lot today. And his last tweet regarding this was earlier today. And he, yeah, so here, no, this was yesterday. He tweeted about this. Told that Carrie Price is scheduled to, to see a doctor in New York this week regarding a knee issue, which could potentially lead to surgery. The hope is that's not uh, too serious. As Frank Cervelli reported, also believe Price will have his hip checked out, but the potential for surgery, I'm told, is knee related. So that has something to do with it as well, probably. Well, I saw that somebody, I don't remember who tweeted it, said that he could miss like several, like yeah. maybe half of the season. And yeah. also, I think he makes like $11 million or something a season. That's what but they got to get to the cap floor, though. Man, that's a lot of money for, so he also, for how he old got, he is. LeBron also said it's a hefty contract to be sure, but I'm told the Seattle Kraken are taking a deep dive internally on whether or not to take Carey Price in the expansion draft. My guess is they don't in the end, but I do think there's a better chance of it than I first thought. Intriguing. So could you imagine, could you imagine though, if Seattle got Carey Price and he somehow played the way he played down the stretch for them, uh, for the Montreal Canadians? I mean, it it would also, it it would, it would, it would be very similar to the Vegas Golden Knights getting Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, exactly. I was looking at the list of other, um, other uh, goaltenders. So that that were left unprotected. So Tuka Rask was left unprotected, but he's ben Bishop. Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop. A lot he of people. His, a lot of a lot of people are predicting Ben Bishop right now. Yeah, he waived his no move clause for that, and then um, another one was Braden Holtby. Yes, um, he, I, I, I've he, seen I've seen a lot of Braden Holtby, and I've seen a lot of Ben Bishop. Yeah. So God, that's such a gamble though to get Carey Price. But I don't know. Speaking of protecting goaltenders, out. the stars kind of surprised me by protect by protecting uh Hudobin over Bishop. Yeah, that was I would I would have totally thought I, I would have swapped those in my prediction if I was predicting there. Yeah. I thought I thought they were prepared to let uh Hudobin go, but they kept they kept Hudobin and they're yeah. uh, exposed Bishop. So most likely the Seattle Kraken are going to have a pretty solid uh, tandem oh, and yeah. net, yeah. but you're all. I'm seeing a lot of people out there saying, "Don't expect Seattle to be as good as Vegas was." Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Like, I, like I, they're going to be decent, but yeah. maybe, maybe not like another expansion team. You know, pushing for the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. I don't know. This will be my first expansion draft, so it's kind of exciting. 
I don't even remember the uh, Vegas expansion draft being hyped up nearly as much as this one. Oh, like, this I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just prisoner of the moment right now, but it, it's really being good. hyped up here. And yeah. I, I mean, I just – first of all, I'm not going to have the hate for the Kraken like I do for the Golden Knights. No. I'm going to I'm gonna leave my biases aside here. I'm going to give them bit. a chance. They're, they're in the Pacific Division, so I don't have to worry about them as much as a Predators fan. But I am going to be pretty ticked off if they end up being one of the top teams in the league instantly. It's, it's true. They're supposed to have um, – they've got like a bunch of famous people um, re- doing the pick reveals. Yeah, it's going to be fun. In, in, in different locations around uh, yeah. Seattle. Like, I can't wait. They said Sean Kemp was going to do one and Gary uh, Payton. Sean um, Kemp was one of my favorite NBA players as a kid. Oh, dude, he could dunk so hard. So, so that, that'll, that's going to be fun. And, you know, Seattle definitely deserves a hockey team. Yeah, it's a great it's a great market for sports. Um, yeah. you know they lost the Seattle SuperSonics a, a while back ago, and that and that 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 city deserves to have a hockey team. So I'm yeah. really happy for that city. Yeah, uh, it's going to be great for the NHL as for, in terms of uh, ratings, and yeah. of course it's going to be uh, televised on ESPN. This is going to be one the first NHL event to be on yeah. ESPN in a very long time. If I if my memory serves me correct. Like yeah, I don't think I don't think ESPN's done any an NHL event yet since uh, yeah, since they signed the new deal, and yeah, so I'm I'm interested to see how in, how ESPN televises it. I want to see their production value on it. Hopefully, they do a good job. I know a lot of uh, hockey purists are a little on the fence on how to feel about uh, ESPN taking over for uh, the NHL coverage, but. Um, Wednesday is going to be a lot of fun, and we can't wait to do the live episode with Eric. It will be. It's going to be cool. So, uh, give me real quick. Give me maybe a couple other uh, teams that you're interested in when it comes to who they might lose in the expansion draft. Um, mm, can't remember. I, I just I know the the big news was the ones we talked about, but um, I know that um, the um, uh, Colorado Avalanche. They left uh, a couple of big names exposed. Uh, Landeskog, was yes. one of them? Yeah, so that's that's pretty big. And then Landeskog, I guess, um, yeah. yeah, that's huge. Um, I can't You're, remember. Speaking of Land, speaking of Landeskog, there's still people out there thinking that the Preds are going to try to push for this guy. So, oh, hey, that would be never know. That'd be crazy. That would yeah. be insane. It's kind of it's kind of right. it's kind of weird because it's like we want we want a big name guy, but everybody's kind of shy because we've gotten to Shane and we thought that was going to work out really well. And it hasn't. So yeah. we just don't know. It's kind of, I don't know. It's well, you, we're here for it. Buckle up because it's about to get really, it's just, it, it's going to keep flying in here. This month has been crazy already and it's going to continue that way because Absolutely. we've got the NHL, we got the NHL draft coming up quickly as well. We got free agency about to open up. And then before you know it, we'll get through a little bit of a, of a slow time in August and then boom. We'll start yep. getting ready for tra- we'll start getting ready for training camp, and so yep. it's going to come at us quick. Thanks everyone yep. for uh, for uh, listening to episode fifty seven of Catfish and Ice with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe. We will see you in less than forty eight hours for the live expansion draft episode. Can't wait to bring yep. it to you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great uh, week until we see you on Wednesday, and until then, yep. stay safe, everybody. Yep. Have a good one.